Hi, and welcome to the LJPC Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Cunningham. This podcast is all about the people who work at and who attend La Jolla Presbyterian Church in La Jolla, California. We live in a beautiful and special community full of amazing people who have lived amazing lives, and I have the pleasure of interviewing some of them on this podcast. Subscribe to the LJPC Conversations podcast so you can hear their stories. Today, I have in the studio the amazing Ron and Raina Bowles. Hi, and welcome. Hey. Hello. Thanks for joining me, guys. Absolutely. (laughs) So, Ron, let's start with you. What do you do here at the church? I am the director of worship and arts, and I also serve as the concert series manager. Okay. And so, as as, um, has been said numerous times by Keith Peterson, I'm the ringmaster. I like that. Keeps all the show running and all the pieces of it in place and on time and all the trains on the track and all those kinds of illusions. Okay, so worship in the arts and and art sounds a little broad maybe. So you can you break that down just in case people don't know? I'm I'm kind of looking at it as as um almost a facilitator mm-hmm. type position in terms of working with the ensembles that we have on the campus, which we're really blessed to have a uh, number of ensembles. Um, we have, of course, the chancel choir that we see every Sunday of the year. We have the worship team that we see every Sunday of the year. But then we have other teams that come in from time to time, such as the three children and youth choirs that we have and the brass ensemble that we have and the LJPC orchestra that we have. And then in addition to that, I sit with the Worship and Arts Committee and um, we just hammer out create vision and, and planning and um, make sure that we have all the T's crossed and dot, uh, dots on the I's. And then we also have um, concert series m- committee meetings that I sit, I, I chair those. And um, again, it's primarily a planning group that endorses who we're going to bring in as guest artists and does it fit the ethos of LJPC to have these performers come and Mm -hmm. share their gifts with us. Well, we're blessed to have so many amazing music offerings at this church. Amen. It's kind of unbelievable, and we're blessed to have you to keep it all straight. (laughs) Sometimes it's easier than others. I'm (laughs) I'm just blessed to have such wonderful people to work with because they pretty much know what they're doing. It's just keeping them from bumping into each other. Yeah, right, definitely. So how long have you been here at the church now? It's um, eight, eight and a half years, going Gosh. on nine years. That's time, hard to believe. Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think you're right. That's how I feel about our time, our 12 or 13 years here. I feel mm-hmm. like it's been like that. Right. I um, remember your kids when they were kids. <laughs> when they were five and eight, and now they're 18 and 21. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. How does that happen? Mm. So what did you do before coming to La Jolla Press? My my main career was in teaching, in, mm. in uh, directing choirs, actually. And so I spent 27, 28 years in, in that arena and um, had, actually, I was, I was blessed to have a full teaching load of choirs. I, I had seven choirs that I was in charge of at a middle school and a high school. And um, then we had an additional five choirs that we had another... Um, uh, an assistant director handling those those, and so we just had this huge choral music program, and um, I got to a point at like fifty years of 
age, and I said, I think I've done everything I know mm. how to do here. I, I better move on to somewhere else before <laughs> they figure out I'm just faking it. <laughs> and Imposter syndrome. I know. I think we all have it. <laughs> yes, at times it rears its head. And um, then I went and and across town in Chula Vista to a much older school, very different waters, very different um, um, student population, and they had a 20-year-old School for Creative and Performing Arts, and so I took over the um, direction of, of that. And it was kind of fascinating. It was a school within a school, and they had 12 different majors that the kids could major in within the arts. So it could be an orchestra major or a guitar major or a ballet folklorical major or a drama major or whatever. And so for me, it was just a, a tremendous... My, my world had been a little bit narrow and in that experience, it just widened out mm-hmm. so that I had a greater appreciation for a lot of art forms. Mm-hmm. I had always appreciated them, but I became more appreciative. Mm-hmm. When I worked with the faculty, I had a faculty of 30,000 students that were, wow. in, that were a part of that school. Yeah, and how did you end up here? Funny story. Um, Sam Swanson, mm-hmm. who's been a longtime member here, called me in the middle of the summer. I had been retired for some time. And um, she says, Ron, I have the perfect job for you. (laughs) Now, you have to understand, Sam and I have talked maybe 30 minutes over the past 40 years all total. And (laughs) it was just totally out of the blue. But it was also a God thing because Mm -hmm. Raina and I had been attending a church for 20-some years, and it was just becoming more and more apparent the doors were closing hmm. and um so it, it it had been on our hearts and we'd been praying for a year or more just to um guide us and lead us to our where we should be and so she calls and we came down here and um walked in it was in late july i think and walked into a service in the sanctuary and i i um was just so taken with the ambiance of the sanctuary, mm-hmm. of course, the the heavy beams and the stained glass windows. We had been in a very contemporary church that mm. met in a gymnasium. And um, then they built a new church, and it actually was built to look like a gymnasium. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and it was of all contemporary music and everything. So we walk in, and here's this glorious choir and this brass ensemble. And, um, and then they sang at one point in the service this um, tune called the doxology and I said hey I know that song (laughs) and um, it brought back my upbringing of being in the Presbyterian church as a child Mm. from about 6 to 17 years of age Mm. over at Palisades Presbyterian in Allied Gardens so that's that's where I had grown up so full circle yeah (laughs) yeah well and it turned out Sam sent me the job description she was sitting on the Worship and Arts Committee at that point, and um, she sent me the job description, and, and she was right. You could just take job description off the top of the page and write Ron Bowles, hmm. and, and it was it was a, a very natural fit. I felt good right from the get-go with the people Amazing. that I had met and, mm-hmm. and um, the interview process and everything. So Great. Good. Yeah. Well, Raina, I know you do things here at the church <coughs> as well, so tell us a little bit about that. I started out um, uh, really with the concert with the choir, mm-hmm. the adult choir, mm-hmm. just to 
get to know people. So that was kind of my start here because I thought I just kind of wanted to, you know, meet meet the people of who were happening and mm-hmm. it, that was the best way for me to get to know people. And then after, I think I was in choir for probably about a year and I just felt, well, it's time for me to move on. So I joined the greeters and because Ron, basically the greeter team is Ron's Ron's baby. I said, "Okay, I'll be the head of the greeter team." So, <laughs> so I started organizing the greeters and um, and doing that. And I really like that. I found that I, I think maybe that's a gift for, of mine of mm-hmm. hospitality, which mm-hmm. I wasn't really sure. I didn't know that, but that's what people told me. So I, I still enjoy gre- greeting a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, every once in a while, I'll help Jim do something if he needs if he's on a vacation or something i'll help load in the mm-hmm. um service vi- uh what mp3s or whatever yes, yes. and uh, so that's kind of what i've been what i'm up to here mm-hmm. so not a lot but um i'm basically here on sundays mm-hmm. and then um i've helped with the couple of concerts yeah. king david concert um was really fun i just loved it because i was able to create an entire it was film, pictures, going along with the music. We had a little dance in there with the one of the a witch, and it was just really who is I think more of a the witch of Endor, mm-hmm. so not sure, really a witch sure, witch, yeah. but and uh, that that was just really fabulous. I really had a great time doing that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Now you're a woman of many talents, so share with us what you do outside of the church. <laughs> My career, well, currently um, I sing. I have a little trio. Of, currently there's two of us. One of our trio just is moving to Texas. So you're at a the duo. End. So we're a, du- <laughs> a duo, but we're bringing in a gentleman who also cool. sings uh, and is very, very fun. So I think I think that'll be great. Great. That'll add so such a different spin. Yeah. So we haven't sung together. We're singing together in, a, in about a week and a half just to mm-hmm. see if trios are going to work or not. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Preparing our Christmas season. So... We're getting ready to uh, book shows out there, and I, I, it's the it was California Girls is the name of the group, and we're all California <laughs> State Queens, Miss Senior California Queens. So that's how we kind of got the the name of the group. That was Ron's idea. He comes up with the great names, and then um, and so. But my career was always dancing. I was a dance major in college. I took dance as a kid, starting in eighth grade. I took. 60 hours, 45 to 60 hours a month of ballet with a week of jazz in there and no tap until college. And so my career after graduating was basically choreography, teaching dance and um, performing. Mm. And I loved, uh, I pretty much, musical theater was my life and then, but I loved teaching ballet. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was my favorite dance style to teach. And I've taught from ages five I think I had a four-year-old. That's a funny story. <laughs> Tell us. That's a God story. That's a God story. So I would say, okay, I'm not going to teach anybody under eight years old in these private studios. I was teaching ballet. And then God brings me a seven-year-old. And I go, okay, I'll teach a seven-year-old. And then the door closed on that studio, and I got a job teaching at Allen Elementary School, which was a performing arts school. So we created the name Allen Arts Academy. That was, again, Ron's idea. And... Uh, and so I was the artistic director for that program, and we had a music teacher come in, and a, we had 
a drama teacher come in and then art in the classroom. And so I said, okay, I see I have to teach kindergartners. I don't want anybody younger than a five-year-old. So God, nobody under five. And of course, he brings me a four-year-old. So it, it's like, okay, I, I will stop telling you what I, what I want. I get it. I get it. And uh, so I've just had some really, I've had some really interesting God experiences, actually. Um, I, in terms of, I've had three hip replacements, so obviously I've had to move my. Not that I have three hips, I have <laughs> had a had a had a revision. That makes you a really great dancer. <laughs> You're amazing. Had, yeah, right. I had one hip replacement, and then it needed to be redone seven years later. So, or three years later, ten years, later. T- ten, years ten years later. <laughs> Seemed like three. Years. <laughs> and then I had the other one. So anyway, I'm a plethora of. Uh, what do you? What is like parts? parts. Um, so anyway, so I was having Titanium. this having this big pity party, and I'm, you know, at you, at, I'm going to Southwestern College to get get my ba- ballet back into my groove going, and so I took take bar because I can't jump, so I can't do center work, so I'm in the bar, and I'm just having this pity party. My hips hurt. I can't do what I used to do. Of course, I am 60 years old. Well, I was probably 45 at the time, and then I go outside, and along and directly in front of me is a person in a wheelchair Hmm. total i think quadriplegic in the Hmm. wheelchair and um and i just say okay god i get it you know you don't have to throw it on my face but obviously you do so stop the pity party and be grateful for what i have Hmm. and so basically now i um in my singing group i get to stage it i get to i get to use my skills as a dancer but i just don't get to fly and that's really the uh, that's the I but I did dream about it once and I so I think that's God's gonna have me do that in heaven. Yes. Because <laughs> it was like a really a fabulous dream. Of course she'll do that in heaven. Yeah. So um so anyway, so now I'm singing and I, I sing with a, a girls ensemble, also of about sixteen girls and really enjoying that a lot. And um what else am I doing? Outside? Babysitting. That's my outside life. Babysitting, <laughs> Babysitting the grandchildren. Yeah. Well, well, tell us more about that. Tell us uh, more about yourselves, how you grew up, and why you're babysitting, and you know who your family is, and you know where do you live, you know whatever you want to share. All that stuff. Um. Okay, I'll start. Um. <laughs> Take away, a, too well, just just a kind of a fun, yeah, just kind of a funny story. I grew up in La Cañada, mm-hmm. which is kind of it's just um, I don't know if it's east or west, but it's next to Pasadena, a little north of Glendale, and a great little town, right right at the foot of the of the foothills. We had one high school in town, and um, and I one of my friends who I performed with at the YMCA musical theater shows was this gentleman named Sandy Silverthorne. I mean, he was a kid like me in high school, a little, I think it was like a year or two older than me, Sandy Silverthorne. And then I come to this church and Stan says, do you know Sandy Silverthorne? <laughs> and he was, I don't, what was his? Young it, Life, he was oh, Young Life coordinator young life, in La Crescenta. That was oh, Stan. Right next to La Cunata. And so, and Sandy Silverthorne, he was a guy, was in that group. So it was just like the small world connecting. So that was really, that's a cool thing. Of yeah. course, I haven't seen Sandy, but I did connect with him on yeah. Facebook. But um, well, And it got even smaller. Stan, of course, works in the office opposite the hall from me. And... um he he stops by one time and he says, "So, so you grew up at Palisades Presbyterian Church in Allied Gardens? We lived in Allied Gardens, <laughs> and they lived in Allied. He and Marie lived in Allied Gardens. And we're doing the Young Life here in San Diego at that point, 
at this in the same years mm. that I was growing up as a kid there. So Stan's a lot older than me. But um, <laughs> <laughs> just just so everyone out there knows. <laughs> Well, it's uh, yeah, it's it's a matter of a couple of years older than me, but um, yeah, it's really small, small circle kind of thing. And um, ironically, our marriage was done in her family's backyard, beautiful home backyard, and everything, by a Presbyterian minister. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a Presbyterian church. I'm now working in a Presbyterian mm-hmm. nurture, church, and so it's just you know seeing the long arc of God in our lives and how. He's always been present there, and and perhaps he's a Presbyterian. I, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, it's like, what? 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 God's a Presbyterian? <laughs> <laughs> oh Is God, she really? Like, <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> I love that. I'm no, so I think excited. he's a guy. I think he's yeah. a guy. You yeah. just blew my mind, <laughs> Yeah. So I, I grew up in I, – I first came to San Diego in 1950 mm. – and um, my, I had a mom who was recently divorced. Um, I wasn't yet two years old, and she had her mom, and that was our entire family. Mm. So I was an only child living in a house of three different generations, and mm. um, a, a woman, even now, does not make as much as a man does, and mm. in the 50s it was a considerably struggle. worse. Mm. And um, so I... I grew up in that kind of setting, which I, in hindsight, I would not have had it any other way. Very, very godly women, both of them. And um, I, I remember going to church a little bit in Bay Park Village, where I'd grown up, right by Mission Bay. And um, I had a lot of ear infections and things, so I moved. And the doctor said, maybe you should move east, mm. away from the moisture of the coast, and um, so we moved out to Alley Gardens, and they had been Methodists. They were, in fact, they were going to Pacific Beach United Methodist Church, and um, they had been Methodists even back in Colorado and such. Where um, they, my mom had grown up, and and um, so I, as we move out to Alley Gardens, it's a brand new community, kind of like. Claremont was a little older than Allied Gardens, and um, the only church they had, they had going at that point was a Presbyterian church. So um, we became Presbyterians, <laughs> and um, you know it, it was neat. I could walk to church, and and um, I did Boy Scouts there, and any number of Sunday school classes. But it was interesting because I really always liked, and maybe it's because I was always around two adults mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. home. But I always like going to the big church, the adult church, mm-hmm. rather than the Sunday school classes and things. And uh, so I started singing in a little boys' choir there and then um, ended up singing in the, the adult choir during my high school years. So um, church and music was just always a part of my life. But um, I, I went on to college and... I was going to be a zoology major. Mm. I, I, I started off as biology and decided I really wanted zoology. And then about halfway through the second year, I was looking at the course requirements for the major, and um, it included physics and chemistry. And I'm going, 
why do I need to know that to train animals mm. at SeaWorld or yeah. at the zoo or something? Besides which, I was horrible at those subjects. <laughs> and so, um, and it was really an interesting aha moment. And again, I, I think kind of a God moment for me. Walking around the campus, just what am I going to do with my life? I don't like chemistry. And I'm in the life science building. And it, I mean, there's just a smell of it being sanitary. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's just kind of a hospital smell in there. Absolutely um, uh, just pristine and, and bland kind of surroundings. And I had one class in in the music department, which was the choir. And you go in there, every sound around you has to do mm. with Christmas. Mm. There are wreaths on all the professors' doors because the kids have put them on there. There's um, just a, a total shift in ambiance mm. from the life sciences, which it could have been July 4th or Christmas or Easter or anything, and you wouldn't know because it was just so sanitary. Mm. And so I, um, I just sanitized something and so I just um, said you know I like I, it was the 60s right and I like music <laughs> and so I said I'm going to be a music major yeah. and um, and my, my mom had been a piano teacher she had uh, she worked full time at San Diego State but she also taught piano in the evening so I had some music background and of course the singing and um so, so that's kind of how it evolved that I went through, got my degree in music, got a teaching credential because I knew I couldn't make it as a performer. and hmm. um, But but my, my major actually was music education, hmm. so I was focused on that from the very beginning. And then I started teaching and um, spent a good deal of my time in the 20s just learning the ins and outs of being a music teacher, a, a choir teacher. And then toward the end of my 20s, I met Raina. Mm. And um, life changed forever. Mm -hmm. And it was literally in front of the... I was teaching at a small theater on the campus of Bonita Vista High School where I taught for 25 years. And um, we met at the door. Her mentor brought her out there and um, to see a musical. I, I'd been asked by an English teacher, hey... I want to do a musical. Will you be the music director? And I said, sure. You know, it's <laughs> like I'd never, I'd never been in a musical. Wow. I, I had no idea. But um, it, there was, uh, it was You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. Mm -hmm. And Snoopy has this major song and dance number that is just a showstopper. And we had hired um, a, a very famous director, choreographer in San Diego, who had come out of Los Angeles and New York with a lot of amazing credentials. And um, he was teaching at USIU, which was United States International University. And, and within that was a school for performing and visual arts, which is where Lorena went. Mm. And so I, our, through the district, I was able to bring him in to stage that big show-stopping uh, number, song and dance thing. So opening night comes, and he brings with him one of his protege students, who a couple <laughs> years later becomes my wife. Wow. I actually, I started out as a ballet major at USIU, and it was the School of Performing Arts that we didn't have the word visual in there. That seemed to be like a new, later coming along thing. Mm -hmm. um, and 
so I started as a ballet major. My second quarter, though, I changed to musical theater, dancer, singer. And there was also a musical theater, actor, singer major. So I, I was dancer, singer. And so got into musical theater. The first show, um, I didn't get in because they auditions were before I changed majors. So I played in the orchestra. I played flute. Since I started on the piccolo in second grade because I couldn't reach the ends of the flute, and then in fourth grade, started the flute. So I've played flute all through and until after college. I haven't done my amateur shot. But um, so, but anyway, so then I became um, – and this gentleman is Jack Tigett, if anybody knows his name. And I became his assistant. So I would just, during rehearsals, just sit and write notes, notes, notes that he would give the cast members afterwards. So I learned – like pretty much everything about choreography from him, hmm. and then and he had a show choir. What was what was their show choir? Moving Spirit. Moving Spirit. He had worked with another gentleman down in the South Bay, so he was really in a show choir. So then I started learning everything about show choir, and then Ron had a show choir. So then I, I was like the third or fourth person yeah, to come actually, in. Actually, I had a choir choir, and I wanted you to stage a delightful little tune called Sweet Sue. And you came in and set that choreography on the whole concert choir. Oh. And then oh. you you left. I went to L.A. to become famous. You went to L.A. <laughs> to become famous, which you did. No, I didn't. One day for Christmas, I gave her DVDs of all the movies that she had appeared in during her time that she was in L.A. Explain which was, that. Which was oh, I was, an, I was an extra for, in those movies. So you it, were in Oh God. Oh, I, well, I was an extra, though. I was an extra. <laughs> Your car was in Oh My God. My first equity job actually was uh, after college. We digress a little bit. But That's fine. I was after college. I graduated college, and I said, I don't know anything. I need to go back. So I went back another year, and I just audited classes, mm-hmm. and I wrote everything down. I wrote all the lifts down, lifts or in dance, the term when the gentlemen lift you up in the mm-hmm. air. And so I wrote everything down, how um, you know how to do it, how to save it if it goes awry, everything I needed to know. Wrote down all the classwork, et cetera. Um, and then I got into Kismet at the Music Center. My first professional audition, I got into Kismet. And became equity. So then I lived up there for a year. And um, as wonderful as that was, working at the music center, um, it was a tough experience. I mean, I cried pretty much for the first two weeks. Um, And just because it was... It was just t- tough. And then um, then it got to be fine. I loved performing on that big stage. It was at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion. Mm, fun. And then I said – and then I did some of that extra work. And I said, I'm done with L.A. I came back down to San Diego. And then that's when we got back together and had our first date at Bonita Fest. Mm. And – then he had me choreograph again, Sweet Sue, and I'm just going, oh, no. Don't you know any other songs? <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool. But uh, the funniest story, because I know you want stories, the funniest story is, okay, so I'm working with Jack Tigett on Robber Bridegroom at the Spreckles. <laughs> and so so Ron, we were just dating at the time. And so I'm sitting there. I don't know where Jack we was. We have been dating like a month. A month. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I mean, it, would, it had not been long. Okay, and we're we're sitting, and so so I I guess I was able to take a break and not take notes or something. I wasn't in the show. I helped stage the show with Jack, and so so Ron and I are sitting next to each other, and I, and I don't know. Did I say like I'm applying to just work at? Uh, no, we're, we were. I was already choreographing for him. So I was saying, how am I going to get paid? Is it through the district? Is it through your organization? I, don't, I, I might be telling this wrong. I don't know. That's close. And Ron, and then Ron looks at me. He goes, 
Well, I don't know if married couples can officially work together. Oh. <laughs> After a month? After a month? And we just oh, kind of went, on. we just looked at each other, and it was like, <laughs> crickets, crickets, crickets. <laughs> It's like, did I just say that out loud? Uh, it was hilarious. It was like hilarious. You uh, just knew, huh? You know, it, I really did. And my twenties were were pretty dismal, as far as um, my the, the people that I would date and and, and relationship wise, I just wasn't wasn't operating on all eight cylinders. And and from the day I met Raina, it was just. It it really kind of for me was a love at first sight thing, and uh, so we had that date at Bonita Fest, which is like three weeks after school starts, and then so that's it's the last weekend of September. Then the last weekend of January, four months later, I asked her to marry me. Wow! First weekend of April, we got married. Wow, you guys! And forty years later, it's still. A, a love story of the ages. You just celebrated that yeah, we did. 40th, didn't you? We did. Yeah, yeah, congratulations, you guys. Well, and what's what's been interesting about it is that um, it's it's of course been a personal relationship, but we've spent a lot of time working side by side. Hmm. All all those twenty five years at Benita Vista High School, not all of them, about twenty two of them. Um, she was in the classroom with me a lot of the time. And um, I was doing all the choreography. Yeah, she was doing choreography and mm-hmm. and um, setting setting movement on the on the songs that we were doing. And to this very day, she's still doing that mm-hmm. with now the San Diego Street Choir. Yeah, <laughs> and so we'll, we'll talk we about that oh, yeah, a little okay. bit. Yeah. Uh, we just got them moving. It's this whole exciting new wow. thing. Wow! But um, yeah, it's it's been. A relationship that I think is fraught with ways that it could go wrong, but um, God just kind of put us together, and huh. it's been remarkable. Love that. And you guys had some kids along the way. Your two two years, daughters. <laughs> two years after we were married, we had our first daughter. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about them. Um, Gina, both both our daughters just somehow got ex- exposed to music and dance as, <laughs> somehow as children <laughs> and especially dance Raina was teaching in, in various mm-hmm. studios we had a studio in our in our home and um, so they had that experience Gina goes off to UCLA as a communications and poli-sci double major she comes home at Easter break in her senior year and she says you know I think what I really want to do is dance. <laughs> and we look at her. And it took her we four years. Could have to told you that yes. four years ago. And so, so she 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 finished out her degree, and she had been doing a little bit of dance in her upper division classes. And so she went to New York, and um, had experience working in a dance studio, which enabled her to get classes for free. And then she also worked at a dance shoe store or something so Mm -hmm. she was just kind of immersed and um she loved it in the city which she there one or two years one i think think she was just at both places one year yeah and then she went to san francisco and this was all somewhat boyfriend driven how she ended up in san francisco a, a friend she had met in ucla 
and um, then that kind of fell apart. And so she starts looking for. She figures um, there's one of two paths: either you're going to get into a professional company of dancers and go professional, or you're going to go through education and get all the education behind you, and then go into dance professionally from from that launching point. And so she, she, um, another funny story. She comes to us and says, "Well, I." I've decided on either it's going to be Mills College in San Francisco, which for dancers was kind of a big deal. They had a, a fine program. And she had, in New York as well as in San Francisco, she'd been dancing in professional couple mm. companies. But um, Mills College was kind of the buzz place. And her mom and I, Raina and I, go and look at Mills College, and it's have you been there? No. It's it's like it was like a time warp going hmm. on to this campus. It you felt like you were in nineteen forty. Really? It was a women's college forever hmm. and became co ed maybe in the nineties <clears throat> or something. And um and Raina and I we we totally judge uh, colleges and universities by how good the bookstore is and the the, the stuff you can <laughs> of course. the stuff you can buy. What's a sweatshirt look like? And um so we weren't impressed at all with it. And then her other choice was the University of Oregon. Now, the University of Oregon had Mills College, I don't, I think maybe had offered her a $1,000 scholarship or something. And it's Pri- like a $5,000 yeah. for private, private school. school. Yeah. Yeah. The University of Oregon had a, a lesser known but very, very good program. And she's, of course, looking for MFA. The MFA in dance is the terminal degree. It's mm-hmm. like having your doctorate and anything else. And so she has this offer for them to go to the school, and she will be hired part-time as a, as a student assistant, mm-hmm. and she will be given a stipend for living, and she will be her... her um, it's not a full. Well, it was. Yeah, she had a full it ride. It was kind of a full wow. ride. It was a yeah. full ride. Yeah, it was a full ride with a, with a, a teaching assist teaching assistantship. And yeah. she comes in to us and she says, "I'm not. I'm not sure what to do." Oh gosh! <laughs> and then you guys took one look at that bookstore and you were like, "You got to go to Oregon." Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, we said we're flying you up there. We're flying you up there so you can check it out. Yeah. You know. And then that was that she was it. She loved it. it. Yeah. 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 And um, and it was fun for a couple of years going up there and. and just getting to know Southern Oregon ourselves mm-hmm. and the beautiful area that it is. So Gina is a dancer because, and her husband is a dancer. Oh, and neat. the children, the five and the three, two and a half year old, are in dance class. And where do they live? <laughs> no, is he three? He's three and two. They live down near us in, oh, Ch- in Chula Vista. And they're both professional dancers. And they're professional dancers, neat. and they work around San Diego. They're here, so mm. it's really cool. That's great. Then Heather uh, was in our show choir, and then she actually became the technician for our choir because she just. Was she ever in? She wasn't in machine. She, she no. was in junior high music. Yeah, she was in the She choir. was just too nervous to sing, so she ended up being our one of our techs. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but her path has taken her as a to be a special ed mm-hmm. teacher and um, resource specialist. Mm-hmm. So that's her main thing as a resource specialist that she likes, and um, qualified as a special ed teacher as well. So that's kind of her direction, um, which she's been working in very well. And she lives in San Diego, in Chula Vista also. Oh my and she goodness. has three children, 
And she's done three surrogacies, so she's been the oven for three other little babies. And, um, you know, that's kind of the gift she always felt she could give somebody. amazing. Yeah, who would want to really do that, you know? I mean, wow. But (laughs) I'm just saying. But wow. That's such a God gift. Yeah, really really amazing. So she hasn't followed the performance area of it. Mm -hmm. And and the kids, well, one of her daughters is really into art as a good little artist but the other ones really i think more sports mm-hmm. than than anything else not they're not there yet right but we right. know that the performing genes are there at the some perform- point yeah, so, so you, ne- <laughs> you never know but she she married uh, a guy who's uh, also a really strong athlete like, like uh. our like heather was is and um and she her dream was to go to UCSD. Her sister had gone to UCLA, and her dream was to go to UCSD. And um, we looked at that biology class she failed in eleventh grade and thought, yeah, that's just not going to happen. <laughs> and so she went to um, a community college and, and knocked out lower division stuff, and was such a good athlete that she these these various track meets that they would have, she would was kind of being scouted by mm. the coach at UCSD. And so a miracle of miracles, and of course we know it's all God's hand in it. Yeah. Our, our children are, are strong believers. And they, um, she ends up being uh, a member of the track team at UCSD and ends up being on the top ten board, which I'm sure her name is... As Sip- a thrower. She, was, she threw discus. Oh, cool. And did she throw something else? Well, hammer, it, yeah, mm-hmm. hammer and discus, and it was it was so fun watching her because basically the the women who are in that sport are pretty large women, mm. and it's just their strength and bulk yeah. is what makes the thing fly. Well, Heather is this little petite flyweight, really? but it was all the ballet training <laughs> that she had from Raina early on that she hated, absolutely hated the the training at the time but she just knew her 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 body's mm-hmm. where it was in space and how to get that and make it fly and she was out throwing wow. these these really muscular yeah. <laughs> l- yeah. ladies and and in high school as well as in her college settings hmm. and so um yeah the arts kind of trumped the sports in mm-hmm. in that regard for well she did <laughs> gymnastics and she actually still yeah teaches gymnastics at the Y and so um you know her skills it's still all yeah. part of the There's same definitely performance in that yeah. right in that absolutely yeah. yeah definitely so so you guys have spent your career um in the arts um and you shared some highlights but I want you to share a little bit about your royalty that you're that you're royal <laughs> that I'm royal. I don't. That's not All right. the way to well, say pageantry. it. Well, pageantry. Let's talk about the pageant pageantry. system. There you go. Uh, I have never, ever in my entire life wanted to be in a pageant, and I really, to be honest, thought they were stupid. You know, and sorry, don't anybody hear me say that. Um, so I had no desire, and then this lady kept coming to me. She she would go. I was in Follies, um, San Diego Follies for quite for about four or five years or so, and early on. This lady would come, and that's where she got a lot of her her uh, competitors. Yeah, contestants, I guess. Competitors. Mm-hmm. And so when she, she kept bugging me about it. And I said, I am not interested. No desire, no desire. 
And the following year, but several of my friends did it. And then the following year, she did. She comes again and is begging me to be in this pageant. So we were. I was teaching a seniors dance class, theater dance class at Liberty Station through Jean Isaac's Dance Theater and San Diego Dance Theater. And so she came to that. And so there's several of my friends that were from Follies were in it. And we all said, well, if you do it, I'll do it. If you do it, I'll do it. Okay, if you do it, I'll do it. And so, the pageant was called what kind this of This is the, like, literally Miss Senior California pageant. Okay, okay. Well, it was, it was the Miss, it was the prelim. So yeah, so Miss we were doing, well, the pageant, the the group itself is Miss Senior California. Yeah. But there okay. were several prelims around the state. You did the San Diego. Miss and I did the San, San Diego, Diego one. Okay. I did the San Diego one. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't nervous because I really didn't care, you know. And <laughs> but you had to kind of enter that world a little bit, right? The hair and the makeup and the clothing. And, and I was the, pretty. I was really you know, not great. I mean, I was pretty schlepped myself in there. I didn't know all the. the just rolled out of bed like and, a housewife. <laughs> it did. And so, what? But you know, I did a good interview, and uh, so I did. I won the San Diego, San Diego one, and then there was. I think there's Orange County. There's Three or four other places, Sacramento at that time. And anyway, so we did the Cal- – then we went to California one, and that was held at UCS- USD mm. at the sh- Jean, Jean Joan Croc Center for Peace and, and Justice. It's a cute little stage mm-hmm. kind of thing. And um, and then so I did that. And the other thing I didn't want to do is my, uh, my friend Joyce, who's also in my trio – she was competing the first year, and I said, I don't want to beat Joyce, and I don't want to lose to Joyce. Sure. I don't want to do either one of those. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's the other reason I didn't do it yeah, that year. Yeah. But So she wasn't in it the following year, at least in San Diego. So that's where I did it. And so I happened to just win that one, and actually she got the talent award that year, I believe. So for those of us keeping track, <laughs> she has now been in two pageants. And won both, and won of, both of them. <laughs> she's now Miss Senior so now And California. she doesn't even care. She's, she like, doesn't she's care. like, whatever. It really isn't fair <laughs> to those people that just want it so bad. Oh, the wardrobe. Because one lady, this queen from who's a long time and really into it, and she goes, didn't she just say, Raina looks she horrible. She looks like a oh. frumpy housewife. <laughs> oh, <there."> no. <laughs> oh, no. And so anyway, in so I first, did it. In the first I, one in, or the second yeah, yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you were a newbie. Yeah. So anyway, I looked a lot better after that. <laughs> and then um, and then I went to – so then I, I was able to go to Nationals, which was in Atlantic City. So Ron came along and we we're there at uh, Atlantic City. And uh, I ended up – It that was to me like the interview was make or break. And I knew I didn't do well in the interview. Not to lay blame, shame, and guilt, but <laughs> this one gentleman was throwing questions in the middle of me trying to answer another question, mm. and my choice was, do I stop to get him, his answer him, or do I just hold the hand, just a minute, I'll get back mm. to you, which I should have done, I didn't. I So, so it was a kind of a, it wasn't, it, 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 he was, it was just like not a great situation for me. And uh, I didn't handle it as well as I could have in hindsight, but I did learn from it mm. because at another party, the same thing was happening and somebody kept interrupting and I was able to say, oh, I'll answer that in a minute. And then I finished. So it was a great learning experience. <laughs> so I came in fifth at that. And Which no, not, I came in in the top 10. The top I wasn't, I wasn't fifth. I was right in the top now. 10. So I don't know where in I was. She was, yeah, so she was a finalist. I was a finalist. So a finalist. 
Um, and uh, it was a great experience, too. You know, beautiful stage, beautiful mm-hmm. lighting, beautiful sound system. Mm-hmm. So I sang Music in the Mirror from and danced. I danced to it with my really broken hip. Um, but uh, it went well. So, you know, but I have had no desire to do it again. Where other people, they'll go to the USA, pa- they'll go to lots of pa- hey, pageants yeah. and stuff. That was fine. That was plenty for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to do it again. I didn't, you know, I'm not defined by my ability to win a pageant. I'm defined as God's <laughs> child. child. Yeah, Somebody yeah. said or that the other day. Dipping your toe into something and then winning. Yeah. yeah. Twice. Yeah, yeah, so that's pretty good. Yeah, but and it's open doors. I've been able to, you know, perform with a group of ladies from the pageant, yeah. and now I perform with uh, with other people who've won. Mm-hmm. So it's it's, you know, it was a good experience, mm-hmm. and it's taken me some places, and I've learned things. So yes. that's the good thing. Yes, yes, that's so great. I love it. Uh, so just five more questions Ooh. that are. This is going to be like two hours long. <laughs> Well, these can, these are quicker. Just just to get to know you guys a little bit uh, better. So, uh, what do you guys enjoy doing on your day off? If you ever have a day off, you're always performing. We almost, yeah, our, our days off tend to. Well, we got a day off, except we have this rehearsal. I can't. I have rehearsal, <laughs> right? Um, so, so there are there are rehearsals and shows and things that yeah. that kind of creep into some of the, our days off. But um, we. I, I think the number one thing is we want to do things together. We want to be mm-hmm. with each other, mm-hmm. and um, so it really doesn't matter what we all, almost always find ourselves somewhere near the coast, if not on the coast. Mm-hmm. Um, just having spent as much time as we have in San Diego, um, and I, I think we both like movies. Uh, I got a thing in the in my email from AMC saying that they've, they had done a study and they, they give us all these parameters, you know, how many movies we've seen in the last three months and, and blah, blah, blah. And um, our our uh, preferred style of movie is action-adventure, which is, I mean... <laughs> we knew that we knew all, that. All we the metrics that, yeah. came out exactly what we already knew. But, um, yeah, so we, like, we enjoy movies. We go out, we see shows a uh-huh. lot, concerts and shows, and we... Um, you take naps... And we watch nice. TV. Yes. There you go. We like our nighttime at TV time. Yes. Yeah. yes. And it's not like a lot of TV. It's yeah. two hours or less. A little yeah. net- Netflix. Sure. Everybody yeah. Everybody has that. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, I just realized I skipped something I wanted to talk to you guys about that's really important. Because you guys have begun um, a new and wonderful ministry here in San Diego. So share a little bit about that. Um. You're referring to the San Diego Street. Park? I am. I let me let me let me start it because then yes. you can talk about it because I think it's <laughs> it's really a cool thing to, that Ron had been searching for something, <clears throat> and so he kept talking about going to build houses and mm. going. He goes, I need to just give money to the poor. I need to. Yeah, it, it mm. was just something on his heart to help Orphans. the underserved. Um, go overseas and do mission work or something. And then he also had this burning desire to have a choir. And uh, and I'm going, well, you just don't want to go back in the schools at your age, honey. And <laughs> <laughs> let's be real. And so, um, so, so we were just brainstorming one day, and it was like kind of like, well, why don't you – work with the homeless people and have a choir for them. Wow. And it and it was just so fascinating because this isn't like another God thing where 
you know, the idea went, yeah, I like that idea. And then God just started making things work. Mm. Yeah. And then the the doors open. I, I, I talked to Paul about it first Mm -hmm. and, um, we, we agreed that the best place would be through the Ladle Fellowship, which is one Mm -hmm. of the mission, uh, mission, mission sponsors that the church has. And, um, so I called the director of Ladle Fellowship and said, I called him from my car on the way home. And I, I said, I have got this great idea. I, I, I'd, I'd like to start a choir for the homeless. Can, can I stop by? And I'm, I'm going by the church now. Can I stop in and see you? And he said, yeah, sure. And he loved the idea. John Savage is the director down there. And um, three weeks later, we had a choir up and running. And so we started with two people. And um, the the choir over the first three rehearsals kind of it grew from like two to ten or something. At which point John says, Boy, it'd be great if they could sing in the church's Christmas concert. And so I'm going, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and and so we we um, we got to the point where we were able to do that. But the very first time that they performed, I took them from the sanctuary at First Presbyterian where they rehearsed to <clears throat> excuse me the um the dining room down below where Lado fellowship occurs we rehearse on the same night as their midweek um feeding for the homeless and so I took them down to sing one of the songs, and I figured. This is either going to be the worst idea I've ever had, or it's going to turn out great. Mm-hmm. And we went down there and sang, started singing, and I noticed that it was just pin drop hmm. silent in there. And I mean, this is a group of people who tip, typically they come, they're tired, they've had a hard day, and they um, they just talk. They they have a someone they can talk to for a change and everything. And so for them to be so attentive was kind of remarkable. And so the piece ends, and they applaud. Hmm. And I thought, well, that's that's really something. So I do my choir director thing that I've done for 40, 50 years, and I gesture back to the choir and the pianist, and I turn and look at them. They have no sense of decorum at all. They're <laughs> high-fiving each other, and they're fist-bumping each other, hugging each other and everything. And I'm thinking, how cool is this? Because when was the last time that a, someone who's mm-hmm. experiencing homelessness has had somebody applaud mm-hmm. for them? And it was just kind of this watershed moment. I mean, I knew all that was possible through music. I'd been an advocate all my career for arts and music and what it did for children. And through Raina's um, performance, especially with senior citizen residencies, resident homes and such, um, I'd seen how music really brings them back to life mm-hmm. and gives them a new vitality. And so I knew it would happen in this setting, but I didn't expect it to, again, mm. to be that immediate and, and just as poignant as that particular moment. And so now, two and a half years later, we're closing in on our 50th performance. They've performed for over 6,000 wow. people. Um, their, their last performance about a month ago was 
at the Oregon Pavilion for 1,500 people. Amazing. And it was uh, 22 choirs that had been selected to um, be a part of this day-long festival. And so it's kind of like you're singing for singers mm-hmm. and, um, and and people who appreciate music. And and they they just got up there and, you know, it. I don't think that it dawned on them that there were 1,500 people mm. out there watching them and listening wow. to them. And uh, so it just, it was a wonderful day. They felt really good about themselves. And, and that's what the choir's really been. Mm-hmm. It's just for for these folks, it's just a soft place for them to mm-hmm. land in the middle mm-hmm. of the week. It's just a I, I think another thing that, <clears throat> that's important, though, is there are two choirs in San Diego, mm-hmm. which is the only, I think Ron's thinking it's the only one in the country where mm-hmm. there's two in the same city. The other one's in a really tougher area. So, and so it's like God kind of knew. He said, well, kind of, God kind of knew. God, <laughs> God knew. He says, well, Ron Arena won't be able to handle that. I'm going to put them in a church. And so anyway, that that one's in tough neighborhood. It's I think it's a completely different mm-hmm. uh, type of choir. They've got a little band. It's completely mm-hmm. secular. Um, and ours obviously is God-centered. Mm-hmm. And uh, with we do a lot of secular music, but it's God-centered. And so there's really a place for both types of people that what they want. And so I, I think it's really great having both scenarios in town because um, there are people that don't want to come to ours, but then we have people that don't want to go to the other one. So sure. it's really a great a great thing mm-hmm. to have have both. And ours um, is definitely um, God-centered, mm-hmm. and we've, gee, we've just got delightful people in there. Mm-hmm. How many members do you have right now? There's on the roll sheet like 30 or so. Mm-hmm. Rehearsals have been running about 20-ish mm-hmm. um, for the last several months. But um, we've the team has grown from basically it was myself and my accompanist when we started. And um, then I, I think I put a – I just felt like I had a 45-minute rehearsal time with a bunch of people that – Every week it was different. There was mm-hmm. somebody coming in, somebody moving in. You know, it was never the same set of people, which I wasn't at all used to because in a school situation, you've got role sure. and you take role and you give them demerits if they don't get to the rehearsal because it's a performance-based class. And yet, mm-hmm. and so all that's out the window. And um, so I am taking role. I'm passing out word sheets. I'm getting them back. The word they, they don't read music, so they are working off word sheets. And they're learning everything by ear, by mm-hmm. rote. And um, the word sheets have to be 16-point font because I think my oldest member right now is 77. Mm. and Or is he 84? I think it, mm. 84. And, um, and, and we've had them as young as, like, in their late teens. But the, um, the, the thing is that they are having a... a a, a challenging time just getting themselves to the rehearsal mm-hmm. and we're able to provide this for them and it's just making um, it, it, we now have kind of a core group mm-hmm. that has become kind of the regulars and they adopted their own set of expectations mm-hmm. for the choir that they want to live up to and 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 so that's that was neat to just watch cool. them process mm-hmm. this through several weeks, and no, I think we I think we need to put on time down, you know, and mm. and so that's one of their things, and I think I think we need to be humble. We wow. need that in there. I think we need to be 
consistent. I, you know, and is it, they've just come up with mm-hmm. a set of words that they want to live by in that choir. So it's been neat to watch it metamorphosis yeah. of the whole thing. But um, at some point, I'm doing this 45-minute rehearsal, and I'm doing all this kind of stuff, and I think, I need an assistant. And so I put a notice in the bulletin here, and someone I didn't know at all steps forward and says, oh, I don't know anything about a choir, but I'd like to help. Mm. And it's Bill Taylor mm. from La Jolla Press here. And um, he comes in, and he's just been a del- delightful person to work mm. with because he, he just, what can I do to help? What can I do? And so I'm I'm giving him a lot of the the um, things which are kind of... He's our choir manager. The yeah, more mundane so things. But now he's he's sitting up there, <laughs> and he's playing on the cajon, keeping rhythm. Great. He's playing guitar with him. He's, you know, <laughs> he's kind of morphed himself yeah. over the year and a half. The second person that um, came on board was Raina. I had wanted to teach a gospel um, medley that involves three different gospel songs, and she knew it much better than I did and I knew she could teach it to him and she's just fun to have in the in <laughs> right. the place working with him anyway. And so she had told me for this was about nine months into the choir and she had told me, I this is your thing. I I I don't have the time. I don't wanna have anything to do with it. It's just this this is and she came to the rehearsal and she hasn't missed a rehearsal mm. since. Mm. It's just she said, she got, we got back in the car in the parking lot, and she says, now I get it. Yeah. I see what this is. See, see God, is. God uses Ron, because I don't have goals and dreams. <laughs> really, no, I really don't. I, I, what am I going to be when I grow up? I still don't know. And I, I discovered just this past year, when was it, in Hawaii or somewhere, we, just recently, mm-hmm. that he uses Ron to get me to do what he wants me mm-hmm. to do. And so, because it was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to, don't make me do it. I'm not going. And then sure enough, boom, there I am. And it's like constantly over and over and over again, God uses Ron to get me to do what he Mm -hmm. wants me to do. Mm -hmm. Love that. You're a true partnership. A marriage made in heaven. (laughs) Right, right. You know, the, the amazing thing to me about that, that choir is that it doesn't matter where you are in life. You still have the opportunity to give Mm -hmm. people. I think they think I can't afford to give, you know, I don't have time to give and, um, tell, tell everybody what the street choir has given financially. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of wanted giving back to be a part of just the ethos and, and just to be organic in in the whole process of the choir, and so we held this concert the first year. They weren't quite, they were about ten months old at the time, and um, I had learned of an arts therapy program that exists at the Monarch School for the homeless. And the Monarch the School is just it's, explain that the Monarch School is is a school which is a, kind of a private school that it serves the homeless population of student age so i think it's i think it's k through 12 Mm -hmm. and it um it it, they could come from abusive situations Mm -hmm. they could come from any number of settings but there there's somehow serious challenges in their lives and so the school very wisely had um implemented an arts therapy program and so it just seemed like a really neat thing for 
these adults who are experiencing any number of challenges, as we all do, theirs seem to be more severe in kind of the worldly sense. And for them to hold a concert and then turn all the proceeds of the concert over to the young people who are experiencing similar kinds of things. So you've got musicians helping artists you have older people helping younger mm-hmm. people. It just had this full circle mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so the first year, we raised almost $5,000. The second year, we raised over 5000 So in Amazing. two years, we've raised over $10,000 for the oh. Monarch School. And it's um, it, it's been a, I, I think, a blessed, you know, it's, it's a street choir. So it's a two-way street right. for us right. in terms of, you know, giving and receiving. Yes, it's amazing. And yeah. for them to have that pride that they're just sharing their gifts has right. given to these uh, students yep. that they feel like they can relate to is, is mm-hmm. amazing. Yep. And mm-hmm. it is true. The best part about watching the street choir is their reaction after they perform and to the applause and to see them get so pumped and congratulate each other. And, mm-hmm. and that's, what's so great about it. Cause they're not all buttoned up and yeah. <laughs> you know, well, prim and proper about y- things. Yesterday <laughs> was the first time last night at rehearsal was the first time we gave, um, little paper certificates if they had been in in um rehearsal every rehearsal for two for three months three months months. and so there were there were four people who had been there every day for three months and the performances if we had one and so when we called the name of the four people it was like they received a pot of gold mm-hmm. getting this certificate. Aww. It was so much fun to watch. Ugh. And then we accidentally had made one of them with the same name. Mm-hmm. And so Ron says, oh, I'll, I'll fix this one for you, Margaret, another time. And then and the girls whose name it was on, who already got her certificate, she goes, don't throw it away. I'll take that one too. <laughs> you know, and it's like one, one lady says, I'm going to put this on my refrigerator. You know, so it was like... It, they love giving, mm-hmm. and to see them also receive mm-hmm. that that little certificate, it was like just oh, the most awesome that. thing. It That's was really so cool. much fun. That's really cool because they were just like joyful. It was yes. joy. Yes, it's, it's become a family. Yeah, yes. That's so yeah. neat. Yes, thank you for answering God's call in that. Yeah, for sure. Well, we pretty much, it's been our 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 what we've learned time and again is if you answer His call, it's always going to be the right number and it's always going to be the thing to coming to this church you know yes. that was another call that i just felt i had to do and and what made it tough was our family we have three um places that we all are spread out around in our daughter's homes and our home all in chula vista and well, this week was a good example. It rained one day, and it was an hour and 40-minute commute mm. from mm. home to here. And it's just like I'm exhausted by the time I start my day. And um, and I've just live, learned to live with it and, and, and be as productive as, as I possibly can. But um, we, we tried for almost a full year to live up in, um, up in the area here, closer to, to this location, and we we've re- just really grown to love the area of Chula Vista mm. that we're in. It's it's it, we live on it's a former ranch, Otay Ranch, and um, it's it's just this modern, beautifully developed 
area that has hiking trails and biking paths and and horse trails and it's just it, so we moved to the city and we're, oh, there's all this traffic and there's all yeah. this congestion and and so we would go home and um it just it, it just felt like you were shedding scales mm-hmm. of stress and so even now as i drive home i get closer and closer and i just feel like i Mm-hmm. Shed some of that. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, yes. yes. So and it's that, a long, long, long commute. Yes. Love the job, hate the commute. Right. <laughs> but you can listen to LJPC Conversations podcast. <laughs> that, and I've I've been known to do that. I've also listened to Paul's sermons many many times on Monday, so that I sound intelligent. Yeah, don't waste that time. <laughs> it's a good opportunity. No, I've I've become a big fan of podcasts. And sure. and you didn't know that. That living there was going to put you closer to the street choir. Yeah, was where I think you were going with that. That's true yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah. and so. so that that made that more con- convenient. Yeah. So so how can people find out more about the street choir? Uh, there's a website, San Diego Street Choir dot org, just all spelled out, San Diego Street Choir dot org, and that has um, their schedule. It has uh, some of the philosophy behind it. it. Has a whole gallery page with lots and lots of photos that are just. Um, from headshots to just um, it, almost every concert is documented. And one of our assistants is really into photography yeah. and has taken Great. many photos, as have Raina and I. And so, um, and and then there's uh, places that choir members can go to access um, the recordings and the words and things, so they can be working at home a little mm. bit. Which now, after a couple of years, they're finally kind of seeing the value in that and tumbling onto that and so that's that's been good to see and um the other places on facebook they also have a facebook page which is even more updated and that shows upcoming concerts if anyone wants to go it Mm -hmm. does and And then and we'll be we'll be here and we'll be here Mm. at la jolla prez in june on the 16th great we're going to perform in all three services so we'll have flyers wonderful uh, for that yeah we'll we'll I'm hoping that um, the chancel choir will perform with us, and mm-hmm. so it'd be neat just to have that array of people from all walks of life really cool. in the in the chancel. Yeah. And if they're if they want to mark calendars, the big blessing concert, which is the one we don't they the donate benefit. everything mm-hmm. to, is August 25th. August mm-hmm. 25th. So yeah, it's at, what time? Four o'clock. Yeah, it's at, at four, four o'clock. o'clock. It's a Sunday afternoon concert down at First Press. Great, yeah. great. And if anyone wants to donate to the street choir, how do they do that? They can they can write a check to LJ Press mm-hmm. and just on the memo line put San Diego Street Choir, okay. and we do have a line account here, so great. that we have some funds that um, are, are kept here on campus that I can access real quickly. Mm-hmm. And then there's also uh, an account at First Press, and so between. Between those two accounts, we are able to take care of what we need to take care of. Great, great. Well, you guys, I could talk to you forever, both of you. Yeah, you got me talking. Look (laughs) at that. Congratulations. You can talk forever. You guys are so easy to talk to, but I think we're out of time, so unfortunately. But is there anything you want to add before we close? Well, I just want to thank you for this opportunity. I think it's really wonderful. I I have listened to most, most all, if not all, of your conversations podcast and it's just delightful to get to know the the staff Good. i i have felt since i got here that god has just assembled this amazing staff here yes and 
it's it's fun through your podcast to get to know them on a different level mm-hmm. than the day-to-day interactions I have. Good. Uh, That's the point of it. So I'm yeah. glad it's working. It's working. It's working <laughs> Good great. Good job. Yeah. God is using your gifts. Yay. Yay. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. Thank your you, gift guys. of gap. Thank you, guys. Uh, thank you, Ron and Raina, for joining me on the LJPC Conversations podcast. And thank you to everyone for listening. Please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. This podcast has been produced by me, Shannon Cunningham, and our wonderful Director of Communications, Jim Sedgwick.